Today is a big day. Today is a big day because it is the launch of TRB Ammo, uh, and I'm going to be telling you a little bit more about that in just a moment. Bonus points, by the way, if you can tell where I stitched together three separate introductory clips. Not really, because apparently the vector of the sun shining into my room will change slightly the audio quality of what I'm recording. So it's actually pretty easy to tell which is a separate clip. Anyways, the first thing I want to tell you about is a cool personal opportunity that I have that you can help me out with. And I'm told that you should never have more than one call to action in each podcast. So I'm going to defy that right now. Uh, And that's just how life works. I have an opportunity to do a newsletter swap with the very talented Audrey Walker. She writes the Alex Payne series, and she is currently giving away for free a novella, He is Payne, a suspenseful FBI crime thriller prequel to the series. The reason this matters is because I get an opportunity to be an exclusive feature in her newsletter to her readers to have them read The Nine Lives of Marvin DeLonghi. So I'm going to get in front of a lot of eyeballs. And I guess for my ego and also for future opportunities like this, I would love it if you're listening, if you would take a moment to click on the link in my show notes. No matter what podcast app you listen on, you'll be able to click on the link to grab a free copy of He is Pain, a suspenseful FBI crime thriller prequel for the Alex Payne series. You get the book for free. You sign up for Audrey Walker's mailing list. And before you think I'm tired of being on more mailing lists, one thing I'd like to put in front of you is that her audience is quite large. And it didn't become large for no reason. She is doing a great job building relationships with her readers of writing quality fiction that they want to read. And so they gladly open and engage with and read her work. If you want to learn how to do this at a higher level, just practically speaking, being on her mailing list is like an education for you. So I'll have a summary of this bit in the show notes as well, but make sure that you grab a copy, a free copy of He Is Pain. You're going to have to sign up for her mailing list to do that, and I would really love it if several of you would just jump on that, even if the only reason you do it is to help me out by showing her that I can bring her new subscribers. Uh, All right, moving on. Late in this episode, my guest Heather O'Brien, the first three-peater, if you don't count co-hosts anyways, but late in this episode, she is going to rattle off some very flattering praise of the Luke and Time Mysteries, uh, which uh, even as a sidebar, I joked with her, I will never pass up the opportunity to publicly air praise for my books. Um, I just have too much ego for that. Love these books. I'm proud of them. I want you to love them. As always, you can get the books in the show notes. I have links for special prices, special deals. You can't get them cheaper anywhere else but Facebook. The the reason I'm saying this here is because I also want to attempt to connect with any writers who listen to this. Or if you're a reader and you happen to listen to this um, and, and just in your professional life or your personal life, you might relate with this. One of the things that, that Heather says in her praise is that anybody who gets through the second book is hooked for the whole series. And instead of hearing like that they're good enough that two books will, will hook them in for the next seven, what I heard was book one's not very good, so if you didn't love it, give it a second chance with book two. Uh, judge for yourself if that's actually what she said. I know that she will come back and leave a comment and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you felt that way. So I'm telling you now, speaking directly to my guest, when you listen to this episode, don't worry about it. I I don't believe that's what you meant, but that's what my self-conscious brain hears. Anytime someone gives me praise about anything, there's a huge piece of my brain, my consciousness, that is looking for the negative barb inside of the positive comment. Maybe that's the way that I was raised. Uh, Maybe that is common to all or most humans. I'm not sure, but I thought I would share it with you in reflecting on this interview. And now on to business, because what we have for you here is a straight up Jody goes back to his days in sales. 
when I sold sunglasses to convenience stores and work gloves and, you know, like sun hats and all that kind of cool stuff. When I was a sales rep for Pugs or a manager for Pugs slash SRP, I get full on into sales mode with my guest because this is the official first episode of TRB Ammo. And I want you to be fully guarded against buying into this product because if you're not right for the program, you should not do it. And a couple of things that you'll know immediately you're not right for the program is you don't want to spend money to advertise your books because that is the core of what Ammo does is spends money to advertise books. Right now, most of that's happening through Facebook, but there are other pathways being built out right now. I don't have all the behind the scenes, but just having conversations, I know that other things are coming up. Facebook, however, is extremely successful. And so I'm not going to take all of the wind out of Heather's sails and out of our conversation by summarizing things that we'll get to naturally in the discussion. But understand, I'm actually using sales techniques on Heather. She probably was aware of that when I was doing it. I'm not saying I'm even a particularly great salesperson, but I do want you to understand that whereas usually I'm having just a straightforward conversation, here I am trying to confront areas where I see that a no is a strong possibility and speak to that. And I think what ends up happening is that you get an opportunity to see both sides, reasons why ammo might not be right for you, reasons why you might want to explore it more. And so I'm really excited to use this episode as a, a tool for discovery so you can see whether you want to do the program or not. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of episodes similar to this, few that will be strongly sales-oriented. But listen, a lot of my guests going forward are going to be current or former ammo clients. And when I say former, they are still using the same tools. They just might not be actively involved in the calls or uh, the community because they figured out their pipeline and they've moved on to writing more books or developing their in-person sales strategies, things like that. Um, but this program has been tremendously successful as, uh, of course, I will have links to look into ammo for yourself to see more in the show notes and on my Substack, I'm going to be mailing this out. Have a look at it. See if it's right for you. As always, you can reach out to me if you have questions. You can reach out to Steve, who created the ammo program. I'm not going to offer that you can reach out to Heather, but she probably wouldn't mind talking to you about her experience. This is an investment, but like any business, it's an investment that if you're serious about having a career, having readers, building up a long-term future for your writing. This is a great path. It's the best one I've personally found. It's the reason I'm involved with it. So enjoy my conversation and my sales pitch to and with Heather O'Brien. If you've ever watched an author read in public and felt bored, TRBM is the antidote. That reminds me of the battle between me and myself. That's the only one there really is. TRBM is for writers what time-lapse was for painters. Guitar solos and spotlight were for bands. What chainsaws and ice blocks were for sculptors. What does TRBM stand for? Tricked rovers, barrel midtown. 20 rollos barely melting. But 10 rappers be mixing. Go ahead, you decide. I'm thinking that it's like, okay, I need to be prepared to, and I want to have my author copies here that I can sell directly. Mm -hmm. and, and I want to make good ads on, you know, for example, for Facebook. And I, yep. so I, uh, beyond that, I don't know anything about ammo. So right. go ahead and give me your pitch. <laughs> yeah, you bet. So the reason that I really like ammo is because yes, you are paying for a program and what it enables you to do is it teaches you how to go inside of Facebook, how to create the ads in a very specific way. It teaches you how to create the pixel that you need inside of Facebook, which is just a little piece of numbers or, or a string of numbers that allows other places to know or to, to report to Facebook, okay, a copy was sold here. So you use all of that to design your ad. And then you sign up for a, a program called Unbounce, uh, which is one of the tools you use. And in Unbounce, you create your sales page. So when you click on my ad and you go to my sales page, that's hosted through Unbounce. Unbounce is going to take all of the information off of my visitors 
and it's going to enable me to see who converts better. So I can do A-B testing um, and I can design that page to evolve it so that when people first come onto the web page and, and they immediately jump off, it's causing an issue whether they were expecting something else or when they got there, they thought this doesn't look like uh, the kind of thing I'd be into. So you are able to rapidly evolve the landing page that people go to off of the Facebook ad. Uh, and then once they click, they're going to go to your Shopify page. So your store is going to be hosted off of Shopify. And this is traditionally how Ammo is done. Your situation is different. So we would have a, a, a kind of a conversation about what you might be able to do that would still work for you as a traditionally published author. And then behind the scenes, you have a program called Mouseflow. Mouseflow, it, it feels like the Wild West. It's really changed the way that I viewed a lot of things because I'm actually able to see people visiting my web page, my unbounced page, and I get to see how they scroll. And that teaches me sometimes things like, oh, people are stopping at the $15 price point and then they're clicking off. And then I know they scrolled really well. They saw 15 bucks and that something signaled to them like too expensive or in some cases too cheap. If I had a $5 price point, they stopped there. They're like, these books must be no good if they're selling four for $5. So it helps you to see customer behavior and evolve your page further. All of those things, if you were to try to sign up for them on your own, figure out how to integrate them, figure out how to get them working together, talking together, doing what they need to do, understanding how to use a pixel, how to install that pixel code on Unbounce, on Mouseflow, on Shopify. I personally would be overwhelmed and I would do it wrong. I'm not that talented. So having this program where you can watch through the videos and learn how to get all of those tools talking to each other was worth the money for me. Uh, and, and the money that, that I paid, it's subject to change, but I'm paying about $100 a month uh, for one year. And then I don't pay for the ammo program anymore. If I want to be part of the, oh. the, the calls or anything like that, then I do. But it's a one-time fee for lifetime access to the program itself. Um, and then you're part of the group as well. So it's not an ongoing forever $97 a month. Uh, it's a, it's a, until you've paid the cost of the program. Um, whereas, and I've talked about this before, I'm not going to mention the name of the program, but I joined a program that was a lump sum right up front, $7,000 fee to be part of that program and got nothing out of it. So there's a, just so a huge difference. So you're saying that there's like an upfront cost and then it's only a hundred dollars a month. No, no, no upfront cost with, with, uh, with ammo. You're going to pay that $97 a month. And, and, and some people are different than me, but I actually, if I can pay less to start with, I prefer that and then pay monthly installments. I kind of like that. Um, cause it helps me with cash flow. Right. But yeah, you, you're, you're going to pay, I think ultimately about $1,200 for the program any way you want to, to, but to it's it. not $1,200 a month. No, no. Oh my gosh. I've totally misunderstood you. Mm. It's $100 a month? For the ammo program. So now you do have to talk about the other elements that come along with it. So okay. the lion's share of what you're going to pay is the ad dollars on Facebook. The thing that makes oh, okay. the whole program run is the actual cost of the ads. So I'm spending <laughs> $36 a day right now on ads on Facebook. That adds up quick. That's a grand right. in ads a month. Right. That's where that big number comes from. You are going to pay $120 or so for Unbounce. You're going to pay $30 a month if you want uh, unlimited, well, for our purposes, unlimited mouse flow videos. And you're going to pay $30 a month for Shopify. So total cost of the program, not concerning the ads themselves, would be about $300 a month. Mm -hmm. um, so if that makes sense, where that figure is coming from, it is expensive, but the ads are where the expense is. And you have to run the ads, whether you have ammo or not, if you want to advertise. <laughs> right, right. So I right. like, I like paying that money to ammo to figure out, okay, I know exactly how these tools are working. Do I wish that I didn't have to have like something like mouse flow uh, or that there was a, a cheaper way to host my store? I do, but I'm pretty convinced that those tools talking to each other has helped me to get to a place where uh, I'm I'm profitable right now. So do you remain, okay, so if ammo gives you like, you know, this, this 
you know, template or, or, you know, this, this way to do it, do you keep in perpetuity? Do you, do you keep paying for ammo or is it a, no. just a thing? So the ongoing costs mm-hmm. are just like the Shopify store, Unbounce, et cetera, yep. and the, the ads. That's right. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The only, the only ongoing costs that you have to pay, you, you even could at some point, uh, there are people in the program right now who use different tools that are a little bit cheaper that give them what they need. Um, because mm-hmm. things like Unbounce actually will get really expensive as you become more profitable. So when you exceed your, your number of conversions, you have to pay more for the, the Unbounce page. Um, and some people really, really don't like that. And so they found other uh, alternatives. They're just a little more cumbersome to work with. So starting out the program, you use the tools that Steve provides and it works exceptionally well. Okay. Okay. I get it now. Well, that's awfully good information. Um, Because I think that one of the things that we do wrong is we don't have strategies, right? I mean, just in general. And it's, 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 tough to do a leap of faith when you're talking about that kind of money. Yes. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, we, we pay for, for our editing and we pay for our covers and we, you know, we do the things that we need to do to get yes. to, to, to have a presentation, but if it doesn't go anywhere, <clears throat> you know, I think that, I don't know, it, it, there seems to be, so, so do you feel like you've gotten more review? And I know I keep going back mm-hmm. to reviews, but the, yeah. here's the re, here's the reality. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have a million people read your book, and that's great and good income for you. But mm-hmm. how are you going to get new readers when nobody will leave reviews? And yeah, it, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. And yep. I saw that, like Rich, when I went in this morning and bought his book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how is it that he got his Goodreads to yeah. transfer over to Amazon? Because you, if you look at his, at, you know, his book mm-hmm. and it, you know, it talks about his, it talks, let me, let me pull it up really quick. It talks about how he has so many reviews on, um, on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, my goodness, how did that work out? Right. So yeah. Dead Peace Club has, you know, 4.7, ra- 4.7 rating out of 16 ratings, but he has a 4.7 on Goodreads with 27 ratings. It's like, well, where did that come from? Yeah. And and I mean, I'm, I don't mean to divert away from ammo, no, no, but no. it's like. No, you got to talk about these things. Well, we have to because mm-hmm. without the ratings, it's like at some point in time, it's like what you're, I mean, sales are great. And I, I know that I, that's, I don't. Seem, I don't sound like I value sales. And I do, mm-hmm. of course, value sales. But I want the long term. Mm-hmm. I want readers, right? Yes, I want of course. readers that are with me forever. Because, And yeah. I think that, honestly, I mean, I understand that I write big books. Yeah, I like big books, and I cannot lie. <laughs> yeah. but, but the <laughs> yes. reality is, it's like, look, there, and I know that you've read it, so you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Look, there's there's a reason that they're that big, and they yeah. couldn't be, they couldn't be smaller without taking away from the story. And you, you don't have to worry about that. Your 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 book is like you said earlier in the conversation. Your book is exactly as big as it needs to be, and your readers are not going to be bothered by that. I mean, uh, it's not a, a an episode of TRBM if I don't mention Stephen King, but I mean, there there's the guy who writes big books. So, well, I'm. No, but but Stephen King is you know traditionally published, and I'm yes. indie public. I have an indie publisher, so yep. you know I'm. I just it's like I want I want the readers, and I think honestly, I honestly believe that anybody who read all the way through to book, like at the end of book three, yeah, they're not going anywhere. They're going to stick with me. I know it. I know it. I think that's a good place to actually, and, and I'm doing this very, very strategically for a reason, but let's steer back to talking about what happens with ammo because something really important is going on that enables your readers to get to book three. Uh, mm-hmm. If you sell a copy right now of your book in the current situation you're in, who gets the email address? The The distributor. And if it sells directly through the current store that it's on, who gets that email address? The store. And who's likely to share that email address with you of the distributor or the store? Neither. Yeah. So you don't get your information for your readers. Every single book that I sell right now off of Shopify through my ad, I have that person's email address. So 
Um, I've already sent out emails to people who have bought my books and said, hey, I imagine you're enjoying this series. Um, there's more books to come, so hold tight. And if you're interested, I want to give you a special deal. I will sell you my two audiobooks for just $2 if you pre-order them right now. That's two extra dollars, and you get an award-winning XE Sands to read the book to you. So you can uh, listen to it while you're walking your dog or whatever it would be. And I've gotten sales. I've gotten a good number of sales for the size of my current email list off of those readers. Um, and now they have two different formats of the book uh, and they paid very small amount for it. But the cost of sending that email out and the amount of time it took me to do it was so small. And I get to email them again when book five comes out and book six comes out and more audiobooks, And I get to let them know about different things that are going on. That's how I have longevity. Um, and so I told you to remind me to tell you about a certain writer that I know. I reached out to this, this author on Twitter uh, and I sent them a DM and the author responded back that they would be interested in being on my podcast, but that things were kind of busy. So reach back out after a while. So I did that. Uh, about a month later and got kind of the the cold shoulder again, not even a cold shoulder, but just pushed off again, like reach out later. Here's my email address. So I reached out once via email, didn't hear anything back, thought it was a dead lead. Uh, a couple months later, I was on a good amount of Kratom. So I was kind of feeling like a, a high and a little bit less inhibitions. And I was like, I'm just going to email the person again. So I emailed uh, and said, hey, I know I didn't hear from you last time, so I will not bug you again if you're not interested in uh, being on my show. But I just, I admire your work so much. I couldn't imagine not having it on my podcast if there was an opportunity. Uh, and I got a, an email back that said, call me <laughs> with a phone number. Nice. And I was like, uh, like as in now? And the author was like, yes, right now. So I called and the author went on to tell me that despite having won a Pulitzer Prize for fiction, they are without an agent, they are without a publisher, and they don't feel like it's the ideal time to have a conversation on a podcast because there's a lot of fluctuation. Now, wow. the exactly, the immediate thing I thought, one was, it was one of the most amazing surreal moments to talk to that person. I had no business talking to them and to just get like a personal phone number was mind bending. But what it really drove home for me was even someone who has all the critical reviews, all the Kirkus, all the Publishers Weekly, all the New York Times, all the stuff, a, a freaking Pulitzer Prize is without a publisher because of yeah. the situation that we're in right now. That person, I guarantee you, has thousands of readers who are very eager to read the next book and can't because there are people standing between them and their audience. And that is where I think that we need to be extremely diligent to be great writers, to be uh, responsible, to be ethical and not put crap out there just to make money, but to really, and, and, but you're doing this, you've got your books ready to go. They're beautiful books. There really is a huge audience for your books. And so I think well, and I my think response to you is get, get your readership first and the reviews will come. And now you have a, ca a, a captive audience because you've got their email addresses and you're never going to be without a publisher again because you have all those email addresses. Right. Well, I mean, it does make a lot of sense. It really does. And I, I, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, but let me ask you this with the ammo program, you're, they're putting all their eggs in the Facebook basket. Is that correct? Yes. And no. Right now, yes, you are using Facebook to advertise. Um, Steve is working on a program on TikTok right now that he's having a ton of success with. Uh, he's building out something on YouTube that is going to be successful. You do need social media to start this, to get those email addresses, to build your connections. But um, I missed out on an opportunity because of family situations that were going on over the winter to go down to... Um, a book con or I guess a comic con in the Cincinnati area with one of the, the husband wife couples that are part of the ammo program. Um, Lydia is, is her name and um, they sell direct through cons, but they also sell through the ammo program and they are the leading paperback sellers in ammo because of the different things that they do. So they're very, very involved in traveling to different cons and selling. They do, sci-fi and stuff. So you'd have to find different ones that work for you, but there are book festivals all over the place. Um, well, not to mention and, the one that we're putting together. 
Exactly. Exactly. Hashtag writers. So that's going to be a really big deal and being able to sell direct and understanding how that process works and getting into the sense of like, here's my flow of inventory. Here's how many copies I need on hand. Or maybe you're the kind of person who does want a third party involved in distributing your books. So you're still selling direct, but you get a little less profit by letting somebody else do the printing and shipping and all of that kind of stuff. It makes us the kind of business people that, that actually get readers and never have to worry about uh, braces or beard implants or uh, our children getting sick or house payments. Well, I mean, it sounds like something to definitely look closer at. I, You know what? I yeah. honestly, I went to try to find it. I, I want to say I tried to look it up mm-hmm. under ammo yeah. just on social media, right? To see mm-hmm. what people were saying about it. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything on Twitter. Well, on Twitter. Now that, that, which goes back to what I was saying, they're doing, they're basing everything on Facebook. But let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Does that by extension include Instagram? Because they're both yes, owned by Facebook. Yeah, my ads actually do run on both Facebook and Instagram, a little bit less so on Instagram, just because uh, people are so video oriented right now. And the ads that are successful with ammo at the moment are just uh, still still shots, single frame. So you do see more ads on Facebook, but I do I do have Instagram shoppers as well. So but on Instagram, you could um, you do videos or you're saying that ammo only does print right now. Well, so, I mean, there, there are definitely people within the, the, the ammo program who use video ads, but for the most part, how I gonna, am. And you can build video ads. What I would tell you is start out where you have the template to know exactly how it works. So part of the thing I haven't talked about with ammo that makes it so unique compared to like Mark Dawson or any of those other people. And I, I want to say like, I think that Mark Dawson and his program have a real, place uh, in the field. And I think that there are ways that that can work for certain authors, especially when it comes to to Amazon, I think they can help. But what uh, what Ammo does differently is there's a testing formula for building your app. So you start out with uh, a a budget per day, $20, $30, whatever you're comfortable with, and you do what's called color block testing. So Mm -hmm. you take uh, 10 different taglines that you think represent your series or your book deal offer, whatever your book offer is, you do 10 taglines. And all it is, is a background of a a flat color, usually like the kind of blue traditional Facebook color, and then white text, not fancy, just a normal Times New Roman. And you just have that right there. And you click test it to see who clicks which ad the most. Then you take the winning variation of the text and you find 10 images and you put the same text on 10 different images that you think represent your book series. Uh, and you run that and test it and see which one of these gets the most clicks out of these 10. So at the end of just two days, having designed those, you have a winning text with a winning image. And then you build out the longer customized ad that you've seen me running. It's your sales ad. Uh, that people can read more about the series and get more of a flavor. And you even test those to see which block of text works best to get people to click here. And what happens when they land on your sales page? Nobody else is doing anything even close to that in terms of giving you feedback. So you know, by the time you start spending money on a sales ad, that a large majority of people who come into your store are already pretty close to buying. They just need that small amount of convincing that they came to the right place. Uh, it's really cool. So how does that tie into or does it tie into an author's website? So because I've got, I think, I'm not sure. I mean, I I clicked on yours, and I thought Mm -hmm. it went to jodyjsperling.com, which is yours. Kind of, yeah. So the way the way that Unbounce works is it's actually, um, uh, I can't think of the the term for it. I'm not as tech savvy as I should be. It's a version of jodyjsperling.com but it's a, a page you couldn't get to by visiting my website. Um, I see. Okay. So it, in this so case, it's like I think a it's hidden like, page or something. Yeah. Hello. Or dot, something. Yeah. Hello. Dot Jody backslash welcome, I think is what it is. Um, and that, that just means that nobody can visit it unless they see it through the ad so that all of my information on that ad is pure. I know that nobody from Twitter accidentally found it. Nobody from TikTok or just out, out there can find the page. You only find that page through 
the the Facebook ad. And that's actually really helpful because it teaches you how to customize your ad uh, correctly. Um, not, not accounting for grandma buying your book. So uh, does, do you think that that makes your website redundant? Because I put a lot yes. into my site and I, yeah. I mean, I'm not willing to let that go. There's a lot of things I have planned for that site. Okay. So there's, there's a couple of things to, to cover here. I think yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to say what, what I think is true is that if you're not willing to let go of your website in service of getting more readers, I would ask you why. And I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but if the choice was to let go of your website in order to get all of those readers, what's the gain of having the website? Well, for one, you know, we're talking a career, not just, mm-hmm. you know, trying to to establish. And right. what I'm hearing, and I could be hearing it wrong, is that AMO is a great program for beginning authors and to to gain long-term readership. But there are all sorts of things, extra things, right? That mm-hmm. I don't want to that I don't want to say because they haven't happened yet. But right. um, there's some extra things that are really, really cool. And there's, you know, embedding trailers and there it's a, gonna be yeah. a fun site. Yeah. And so I mean ultimately, you know, there's excerpts, there's there's all manner of things on there. And there's going to be some very, very, very specific things to the saga on there. Cause yeah. you know that it's based in music in the music industry. Yes. Right. Yes, yep. So I have some very interesting things that are going to be happening with that website. And I I mean, if it's 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 a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things to tackle here. One is actually just probably my failure to communicate and the fact that you know I am more or less uh, an emerging author. The program's actually best for established authors who have a backlist of, um, you know, a dozen books. That's, that's when the program can really, really blaze a trail for you because you can have more robust, larger offers. You can afford to take less money per copy sold. You have other channels established, but direct sales builds you that email list of readers that then gives you the longevity that you've mentioned a couple of times. That email list becomes your personal knock-knock on their door that nobody can get in between. Um, unless unless you're unethical about your email list, it's never going to be shut down. It's never going to be taken from you. Those customers are yours for life. They have to opt out on their own. And once they've read your books, the chances they opt out are really small. So I think Ammo is actually best for authors who have books behind them, who understand the value of editing, who understand the value of paying for a cover, not people who think that they can take a, a slap together book that they they claim they couldn't afford to to have some of the, the different editing processes and formatting and all that. It's really about a professional approach. The second thing is, I only wanted to ask the question about your website in terms of what in your life is there preventing you from doing something that could change everything. Um, I spent, you know, this story, so I'm not going to tell it. And my listeners know the story as well. I spent a whole year building uh, create collaborate that then turned into the reluctant book marketer that then turned into TRBM. And I didn't know what to do as an author. So my thought process was I'll make such a big brand for myself that the traditional publishers will be stupid not to publish my book because I have so much brand. But what was exhausting is I never had time to write fiction. I never had time to read the books that I liked because I was putting so much energy into the podcast and everything that went into that. And I got to this point where my life was being sucked out of me. And it was nice to be able to step back and say, fiction first, writing first. And if I write these books and I'm smart about how I get them out there, people will buy them. And I'm not going to be rich tomorrow, um, but I'm going to be wealthy in readers pretty quickly. And it's going to it's gonna just expand every single week and month and year. So for me, that's kind of the excitement. And, and what I realized along the way was actually this podcast is a really important part of my life. I look forward to the time when I don't have to edit it myself, when I can just do the interviews and pass everything off and people will do, you know, cut up little video clips and audio clips and post all of that for me. But I'm, I'm so happy doing these interviews. It's filled a part of my social need and my life need and my ability to serve that I didn't even know I needed. Um, so your website is like that. What you're saying to me is that your website is the ability to serve your readers and to give them this bonus experience. Exactly. That is is so critical to you. So I, 
I'm not telling you get rid of your website. I'm just saying, look at what you have and see. Well, I don't have to spend a lot of time on it because I have someone to do that. So there's that. And, um, you know, those those bonus things, it's because of the saga itself. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. not because I have a backlog of myriad different, you know, titles with myriad different genres. It has to do with the brand of the it's almost like the saga has its own brand. Yeah. If that makes any sense Absolutely. at all. And so, um, and, and it's, I've always, as a matter of fact, I recently had to redo the, the website because I had traditionally had a website that was for the saga and it wasn't an author website. And yep. as I, as I move forward and, 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 you know, I've got like just three books left to, to do that. But then I have, you know, all these other ones that are very specifically planned Mm -hmm. that I realize that I, I, I need something better than a saga website, but I mean, right now it kind of acts that way, but it's, it's, you know, booksbyheather.com is, is going to, you know, encompass everything. But right Mm -hmm. now the saga really is the, the sole focus there. Um, one thing to wrap around too, I hear everything you're saying. I, I don't see the website as redundant. I think that it's really important. The landing page of the sales page is a separate piece of it. It's kind of like the about the author thing. When you think about it, it just exists to introduce people to your world. And then inside of your books uh, and other places, your website still lives and does things. The best example or analogy I can make to that is my Substack is in no way really connected to even my website. So www.jodyjsperling.com is you can find a link to it off of my Substack, but my Substack is really my primary outfacing website into the world. Like everything that you want to know about me, you can find there. But my website is is a shop essentially. And then the one sales page is a piece of the shop. Uh, it, it all, I think, ties together really nicely, and it's certainly not uh, a redundancy. Going back to that question of yours, right? Well, and and yeah, as long as they don't like step on each other, or like you know what I mean, or, or like they're almost competing with each other, or right. I mean, you don't want what you don't want to do is throw your readers into confusion. There's no risk that I'm aware of uh, of that happening. And then, um, so. So is there a website? Is there a, you know, Facebook page? Is there, I mean, cause like I said, I, I did a little bit of searching, but I didn't, I don't think I did a whole lot of it. And because I only know of it as ammo, I'm not sure what the yeah. acronym stands for. So. Yes. You know, what, what I really love about this though, is that I had the same problem early on looking it up. And I think there's almost this weird sense of comfort for me that, that Steve has gotten something kind of wrong about this part of it. Like, uh ammo is hard to find unless you know how to look it up author marketing mastery through optimization is the name of the the acronym or you could look up steve piper that rolls right off the tongue (laughs) Uh, trust me trust me he has a a military background so i think that he likes the idea of ammo because it reminds him of his days in the air force is my guess i've never actually asked him that specific question but um it it, yeah it doesn't roll off the tongue but the program itself is so damn effective versus a lot of other stuff that I have done. And it's just like, they they are great at getting you in the door. Some of these other programs are really good at appealing to your needs, your wants and making you emotional and feeling like a piece of shit. And then just like milking that for all it's worth until you sign up and pay this money and you get in the door. And basically all they say to you is like, keep working hard and come here for inspiration. And you're like, really? Right. I just paid you you thousands of dollars for you to like, try to raz me up. That's to do, to do the attaboy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not into the whole vanity thing. Look, I've been doing this a long time and I've got this relaunch. I have, you know, changed my covers. I've changed my titles. I'm about as devoid of ego at this point as, as I can be. And I'm really trying to be strategic, but that yeah. also means being strategic with the ad dollars. Cause I have an amazingly supportive husband mm-hmm. and I find myself feeling somewhat, and I, it's not him, it's me, you know, feeling like some kind of an indentured, indentured servant or something. Oh, that. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, he's so supportive that I'm like, yeah, well, here's another thing, right? So, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I just right. I'm not a I'm not averse to spending money. I'm not averse to doing what needs to be done. I understand the wisdom and the ne- and the necessity of advertising. Yeah, and I and I certainly want to do it right. So I mean, you want to tick all those boxes, but at the same time, you know, it's really just a matter of of what is what is reality. So let's talk about convert converting. Mm-hmm. expense to to investment right so when yeah. it becomes an investment and when you can start you know when that $300 a month output starts becoming 200 because of profit and then becomes 100 mm-hmm. because you know what i mean when it starts when it stops being an expense and starts being yes. an investment yeah uh for for me it's been a little bit slower so uh, i think you listened to my recent episode it it was unconventional in that um, and this actually is another thing worth mentioning here too. Lee, uh, L.A. Dobbs is uh, one of the best-selling authors on all of Amazon. Um, she she runs ads through Amazon for one of her series, and she also runs ammo ads. Uh, I was calculating the amount that she was spending uh, in order to sell all these books and what was left over, and it's it's absurd. She's spending more money in a day than people are making in a year in some cases. It's it, wild what she's spending but she's profiting very lucrative lucratively as well um right because it's exponential so right it's exponential but what she said is is that with the ammo program and these are not typical results i'm giving you kind of a a, a spectrum here she was profitable on her first ammo funnel in two weeks wow so right yeah she already was she was an established author in some ways i think she's not too far off from you she had two series i think when she started but uh, your your saga is perfectly set up. All you have to do is figure out what your authors are, who you're targeting, and then building those click tests and running through those click tests. And I think you'll see that pretty quickly things will go well for you. It took me longer for a couple of reasons. And so I'm the other side of the spectrum. I am currently profitable. Uh, I haven't been profitable long enough to say like I put myself in the group of profitable, but I'm currently profitable. Um and it has been since February. I started the program in February. So uh, I've spent so a good- that's just a few months. But let me ask you this. Go back to what you, you said originally. It's about finding your reader. Well, that's the whole thing there. Is that yes. what they is that what they help with? Uh, I mean, they do help some with that, absolutely, because you have a that's large my thing, Jody. You know that's my that is mm-hmm. like the thing with me. It's like who are they and where are they? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and um, some of that question actually ends up being answered by who do you enjoy reading? Um, whoever it is that you enjoy reading, if they're big enough that they have uh, statistics on Facebook, run with that. And you can kind of refine your audience through the exact testing process that we were talking about. I've done that a ton. Um, I started yeah, out but- with, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, it's like, but you know that I, what I, I like Carl Hyacin and, yes. you know, I, I, I tend to like, I, I realize that I don't read what I write or yeah. I don't read as much. That's true. Yep. And, and you know what, honestly, you know what they say, you know, write what you know or whatever. And I, it's like, mm-hmm. look, I wrote this saga because nobody else did. Yeah. I want it. I want it. I like this story. I mean, yeah. it's completely aside from me. It has nothing to do with me. I like this story and I, nobody else wrote it. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know what I think is, and I, I don't know, uh, I haven't looked at any of the people on, on uh, Facebook to see if they're even there, but you're, you're going to be in the line of Jennifer Egan, I think is somewhat similar. Have you heard of her before? The visit from the Goon yes, Squad. Yes, the Goon yeah. Squad. Yep. So you're going to be somewhere like uh, Jennifer Egan. If she has enough of a following, you could select for her readers. I talked to you about Roddy Doyle. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a handful of people. So you just just run a, a quick look through Goodreads or Amazon to see who's writing um, fiction about music or rock and roll, uh, and and start using some of those people to target. I think you'd be really surprised. Like, for example, um, I'm using uh, John Sanford. Um, I am using Stephen King. But I mean, like, if you actually read my book, I'm not very much like Stephen King. Uh, right. Carl Hyacin is not even big enough to be somebody that I can use for targeting. Uh, really? So, yeah, I know. I was shocked. I thought for sure. What? I mean, with with a movie. Exactly. So you need fairly big authors in order for yeah, them to. Yeah, but he's buddies with King. You know that, right? 
Yeah. Were, he and Dave Barry and, and mm-hmm. I mean, Amy Tan and just yeah. a bunch. They were even. Uh, By the way, Amy Tan, would be a, Amy Tan would be a good one for you to pick as well. I guarantee she's on there. Um, so like people like that, that they, they don't have to be exactly you. It's just you're looking for readers who read roughly in your genre to read your book. And yeah, but, but think about it. You know, what's really difficult when you write rock and rock a uh, saga about rock and roll, mm-hmm. people think you're going to be Jackie Collins. And that is not, I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like the depressed stepsister of Jackie Collins or something, you know? Yeah. I I, I agree with you that that probably will happen. What you're going to find though, is that your, your readers are not, they don't know you've targeted them for that. And so they're just going to be prone to click on the link because it looks like something they'd be interested in. So they don't come in with the same kind of preconceived notions that you have about yourself. And it works really well in that way. I have to, I have to just say like, trust the process, find the authors. And if it doesn't work, start to refine it based on the testing process. I will tell you real quick, this is important for anybody listening to know, but for you too, I got just pooed all over the other day. I had a guy. So, and this is, this is a period of time where I was really struggling. I wasn't making sales. I couldn't figure out what was wrong. I was feeling desperate to just see some success. And then I had five sales really quickly in the beginning of a day. And it was like the biggest day I'd had by far really quickly. And I was like, oh my gosh, something broke. The dam is open. Um, The first guy who bought my book, by the end of the day, he said, hey, how do I go about getting my my refund? Um, I I read the first three parts of this book and I just don't, I don't like it. It was crushing. The first Mm -hmm. person I had to refund my books to, I was like, oh man, Um, it's something about those negative reviews that are really hurt. And so I asked, what, what is it you don't like about the books? If you don't mind, I said, you're refunded. Can you, would you mind telling me what didn't work for you? Um, and he was pissed off about the, the way that Luke dies the first time. And he was really? pissed off. Yeah. He was pissed off at Lyle. He's like, that guy's eating all the time. And that gimmick just really got old <laughs> really fast. Well, um, you know what though? And you know, what's funny about, and, and, and with, with all love and all respect to readers, Yeah, you know, there's a certain, and I don't know if it's just this day and age in this culture or what it is, but it's like when you read a book, there's a suspension of of disbelief that yes. that you have. And certainly, I mean, come on. Yeah. Anybody, I mean, it's like your books, it's like, look, the first time that that Luke di- or sorry, the first time that Luke died, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think at this point that's a spoiler, but oh no, yeah, yeah. I think it's advertised on the page. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so here's the thing. The first time that Luke died, I remember going, whoa, Mm -hmm. like what, like what just happened, which is Mm -hmm. silly because I mean, the nine lives of, I mean, nine lives, you know, sort of of implies that someone's going to die. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it's like, but it's, but it took me, I will tell you, it took me, I had to like reset Mm -hmm. just who I was, right? Because I literally had to go, okay, yeah, you need to take this, you need to take this book on its terms, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's true with everything. Like, yeah, it's sort of like that. I told similarly, it's like the two star review that I got on Goodreads mm-hmm. because of a pregnancy trope. And right. I'm thinking, how, first of all, I, I just read an article and I don't remember if it was in Reader's Digest or. If it, I don't know where it was, but the difference between a you know a trope and something that's not a trope, and technically, pregnancy is not a trope, right? It it just isn't, right? And so I just found it interesting that someone would give a two star review on a did not finish because a character was surprised by a pregnancy, right? Yep. I was like, Whoa. I mean, and you know what? And 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 again, all respect and all love to the readers. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. She just wasn't my reader. And, and I would say to yeah. you the same thing. Mm-hmm. That guy was not your reader. I agree with you. And I, I think where I did settle, it did mess with me that whole day. Yeah. I think even into, you know, the next day. But what, what what I came out with is I remembered something that someone had said to me. Uh, in fact, I've talked to you about this guy too, and I really like him, though I don't love everything about him. Grant Cardone, um, I've read all his books multiple, many times. Like, in fact, I, I've read Be Obsessed or Be Average. Uh, I've read that book uh, more than a dozen times. I read it back to back to back to back once. Hmm. Um, and the reason I'm mentioning him is because he says, you know, you're doing something right when you have haters. 
Until you have haters, you're not doing what you need to be doing. So that's a sign that you're on the right path. So embrace the haters. And I didn't, I I had to actually go back to him and think about him again. So thank you, Grant. I wish you'd listen to my podcast, Um, but thank you for reminding me that having haters is important and that it's not a sign that you're doing something wrong, but a sign that you're doing it right. And that people are noticing. Right. Right. Well, and you know what I can, I don't know. I think that in, in the Luke and time series that I think that book one is like a level set because you do have to take it on its own terms. <laughs> yeah. But if you embrace that and you can go with that because it is obviously, I mean, you've got that magic element in there. You've got mm-hmm. all this stuff. I'm not going to give you spoilers, but the thing about it is when you take it on its own term and you can have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And then, I, and I'm telling you, anybody who does that, and I know that I don't know how this turned into a, a plug, but it is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anybody who, anybody who can, anybody who can embrace book one and, and, and read it on its own terms, this, I promise you as somebody who has had a sneak peek at book two, if if you take book one on its own and you embrace it for, for exactly what it is, which is entertaining, you are going to be, as of book two, you're in. Because there is so much additional character development mm. in book two that because of the action and because of the nature of what it is, right? Nine lives. So it's it's you've got the you have all the things that had to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And then in book two, it's almost like there's still that great underlying plot in Susie Q, mm-hmm. but you also get to dive a little deeper into the character, which is great because it really just all it, it sneaks up on you, Jody, because all of a sudden you're like in, right? You're like, I I I need I need to be part of of Luke's world. You want to take care of her and you want to strangle her and you want to, (laughs) and you want to cry with her. I'm telling you, I I, I had told you that like that some of that stuff was like, really, it really made me emotional. Mm. And I think that, I think that part of, I mean, I think, and isn't that the nature of a series or a saga? I mean, you don't take a book that's part of a series and judge it I, I mean, I don't, right, yeah. on on just one book. I mean, you, you'll you know if you like the writer's style or, you know, yeah. if you can, if you like anything about the characters. But, I mean, let's, let's you know, I don't know. I think that that people are, readers are, are unlike any other consumer of art. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. No, I, not I mean, at all. I just realized that in your series that it really is, I mean, as of book two, it's kind of like, well, I, I mean, I, it's everything I, I can do to not email you or to bug you and say, so when's book yeah. three? Because <laughs> well, I mean, that's you. the last thing you need right now is, you yeah. know, I'm just hoping to, as of September, get everything outlined for the last three mm-hmm. books because mine are, mine are not small. And so yeah. to finish out that saga is going to be really intensive. And, you know, to your mm-hmm. point and bringing it back to ammo, I mean, that, I don't know how much, and that maybe that's my next question, right? Is how mm-hmm. much, you know, average time do you put into that? And has has oh, being part of ammo freed you up to write? Yes, that I, I'm. I'm really, really glad that you asked that both of those questions because that does go back to what I was talking about as far as building the podcast. My podcast takes uh, quite a bit of time to edit these conversations to get them uh, ready to go. I mean, you've been this is your third time on my show, so you know the conversations that we've had versus the conversation that ends up uh, airing for people is significantly different. Um, I rarely move things around within a conversation, but there's a lot of cutting that goes into making it more. <laughs> more appealing to a larger group of people. Uh, and and so I'm saying all of that to say my podcast is a huge time suck. And Twitter for me used to be a massive commitment. It's not, I am so, so grateful for Twitter and what it enabled me to do. I still credit Twitter with giving me the opportunity to be where I am right now. Um, many of the best people that I met, including you, I met on Twitter. So I'm not short selling that. And I would tell anybody who wants to make a great first step without having to spend really any money at all to just give into Twitter and be there and and you'll get rich rewards. But I was spending eight hour days on Twitter. Right now on Ammo, I get up in the morning 
I go through any of the mouse flow recordings that happened overnight that I didn't watch uh, the the prior evening. Uh, and I look and see, is there anything I need to change with the landing page right now to help it convert better? I go into my unbounce, I edit it, I make a new draft, I go ahead and make the change that I think needs to be made, if I think one needs to be made, and I, I publish that live, and then I'm I'm writing. So that's the amount of time it takes me about 15 minutes every morning to do that. And then throughout the day, I'll pop in and watch my mouse flows just to see what's going on. I don't make changes during the day anymore. I did early on because it was a novelty and I was like real obsessed with trying to dial it in, but I never spent more, uh, with exception of making the the landing page that, that does take a, a little while to do correctly to design the ads and everything. But, um, once you have it going, let's say it takes you three weeks to work through the program uh, where you maybe spend 20 hour weeks getting it all set to go. It's uh, 30 minutes a day at most. And I think that that's probably a, a gross exaggeration. So do you have to create that website and do you have to know web, you know, things? Because I, I have someone do that for me. Yeah. Um, so if you, if someone does it for you, that person can do this for you. You just give them your login information. Um, for me, what ended up happening is that Steve has a template that, that comes with it. So the first time you log in, you have access to the template that he used when he started the program. And I would say the lion's share of everybody in this program adapts his template to, uh, their particular genre and style. So you can actually see the flow of almost all of these pages and be like, that's Steve's page. It's just the colors are changed. The graphics are changed. The titles and words are changed. That's all the spacing is but all is there. But a template that you can like um, just. Sorry, go ahead. No, well, um, yeah. So I think your question is going to be, is it that you can just plug and play? And that the answer is yes. Okay. However, the the longer answer to your question is, I did end up redesigning, but it's very intuitive um, the way that, that I did it. I redesigned it because I have this visual determination to want to really love the page I'm looking at. And that actually got in my way. Uh, I was not profitable for a long time because my visual aesthetic seems to not be particularly friendly to some people. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would say like the, the easiest way to go about it is to keep it as simple as possible and just use his template and, and build it into your own and it will work best for you. Okay. Well, Hank Wilson, shout out to him. He's my web guy. Awesome. And um, he's on he's on Twitter and he's been he's been amazing converting. It hasn't been easy converting a mm. you know one site onto another. But yeah. um but I, that's one of the reasons I'm asking because I mean there there are very few things that I can do on my own website. Mm -hmm. And the last time I tried to do something major, um, which is how I basically met Hank was because I'd literally locked myself out of everything and it would never, nothing oh, no. right. I mean, it was ruined. It was yeah. ruined and I couldn't even get into it. And he somehow fixed that. So nice. I just, I just want to make sure that I don't, I, this is, is this a PG show? No, no, no. I, none of my shows. Yeah, I just don't want to step on my own dick when I go <laughs> in and try to do a, another website. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? There, there, there will be an element where you'll need to try to get familiar. I would, I would be remiss not to say that you'll need to understand how to make some of those changes. But again, that's one of the beauties of the ammo program is that the videos that you get literally walk you through the buttons to push. Um, and you get a free month of calls. Uh, I, I haven't talked much about the calls, but you get a free month of the calls that you can attend. There are three of them a week. So if something happens that's that's broken, you have the Facebook group that you can say, hey, my website is locked out. What do I do? Somebody will answer you. Then there are three calls a week where you can jump on the call and be like, hey, I'm having trouble getting X to do Y. And somebody will be able to walk you through that. Oh, your pixel's not reporting correctly. Here's what you do. I was shocked the first time I got on the call because Steve, and I, I maybe I've told this story somewhere. I think I have told this story, but it, since this is all about ammo, um, Steve knows Facebook better than Facebook employees know Facebook. So I had gotten part of the program. When I started advertising, Facebook was like, hey, do you want to have a one-on-one -on -one consult with our, our marketing department? And I said, that'd be awesome. I mean, it's free. I get to get on a conversation with somebody who works for Facebook and is a pro. And I started telling them how I was doing my ad testing. And they're like, oh, you, you can't do that. And I said, no, I am doing that. And they're like, no, that's not possible. So I walked them through what I was doing. And the guy's like, oh, I didn't realize that was a possibility. It was- yeah, I guess this wouldn't be a good place to start- ragging on twi on 
social yeah. media sites. But yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me a whole lot. But yeah. I, I guess the only thing that would surprise me about that is that after telling them that they still allow you to do it. So. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it's really funny that you mentioned that because I actually did have that in the back of my mind. I was like, I was a little bit scared when I told them that that was possible that they were going to uh, like change it or something. But, right. Yeah. So right. Um, it is it is a really good program. And um People know you well enough now from being on my show. People know me well enough. I gave you the hard sell just because anybody listening gets an opportunity to hear questions. You gave a lot of really great questions. I think that you have a good sense of what the program is. And I think if you're listening right now and you're the kind of person who's not ready to put the financial investment into ammo, or maybe it's just not the right time. um, My gosh, if you're determined to be successful and you refuse to quit, you're going to get where you're going. Well, I think that I'm, 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 I'm wondering if because I'm, you know, releasing these or my publishers releasing these in such rapid succession, mostly because, you know, it's, it's, it's a relaunch, except for book four, right? So um, I'm wondering about the timing of it as well, because with such a financial investment, I want to make sure that 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 timing is correct, too. Mm -hmm. You know, and I wonder would might be better overcome with with uh bulk you know what i mean it's yeah. like the, having the four books out having the backlog and i think you know this about me I, I think i've said it before plenty of times but i am actually pre-selling three of my books in my book right. my, my offer right now so you can pre-sell pretty successfully and i think once you have it dialed in um my thought process has always been if you really enjoyed the first book you don't want to ask for a refund. I've pre-sold you the books. You're not going to ask for that refund. And then I get to send you an email to remind you I exist every four or five months as I get a book ready and and published. And so it's almost as if you get the best of all worlds when you pre-sell some books because you have an excuse to email somebody and be like, hey, here's your next book. It's in your inbox. I hope you love it. And um, just that relationship you build through that process, I think is kind of cool. So yes, bulk is great. And I think that pre-selling, if you know where you're going and you have the kind of commitment to, to get those books written, which your book saga is going to be fully written, uh, you're you're not ever going to fail to write the seven books. Correct. Now, but that that gives me gets me back to what you're doing though, right? Mm-hmm. So like, let's take your book too. Yep. You gave, I don't know if it was that you gave yourself the deadline or because of your... Um, affiliation with XC Sands that you had to have, you know, a deadline. I'm just concerned about, you know, it's like, I'm going to pre-sell you this and I'm not Mm -hmm. sure when the book's going to be written, not because I'm being lazy and not writing it, but because of the enormity of it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would be more, I would be more comfortable um, pre-selling the last unwritten three Mm-hmm. Once I did my outlining, right? Because sure. then it's just plugging the words in. But I, yeah. so, because I look at how hard that you have worked. Yeah. And so quickly to get book two out, right? Yep. So that's, that, that is what I, I wonder about because have you in your series given yourself other similar deadlines? Cause I know that yeah. book two's deadline for you was really, really tight. Yeah. Yes, I have. Uh, I have similar deadlines and I'm going to push myself. I am uh, uh, approaching the halfway point of my first draft of of book three right now. Um, And uh, yeah, so which was uh, on a a totally different note. We haven't really talked about the the joys of writing in this in this show, but um, I was so happy yesterday because I had been really, really struggling with this one element of the third book. And I was like, how do I do this? And it came to me yesterday just through like, just kind of brainstorming. And it, it, it was like one of those, you ever, you ever have that writing moment where it's so obvious. You're like, how did I not see that? Um, well, I and mean, it felt so good. I think that something weird happens. I mean, I guess every writer has a different process. I think what happens with me is I don't, yeah, you know what? Actually, yeah, I would say book four because I didn't under because it has to do, and I'm I don't think this is much of a spoiler, but in book four, it's a prequel. So mm. I'm going back and basically showing everybody this is how it happened. Oh wow. 
right? So this is so when you come into book one, and I don't think this is a spoiler. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Farron's dad is you know died when she was ten, whatever. Mm-hmm. And but what you're going back to see is how everything happened. So mm-hmm. you're also seeing how you know the record mogul becomes powerful and how mm-hmm. he comes into his own. So, but what I what I couldn't reconcile in my mind was. How in the world, if I've painted, which I did in my head, and it's almost like the characters kind of speak to me, mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't, I can't argue with them, right? So if they've yeah. presented themselves to me a certain way, then I have to go. Well, what the hell am I going to do with that, right? So yeah. yeah, so in so in one of my characters' cases, he comes from a very very different background than where he ends up, and I couldn't figure out how you got to that place. How do you get him? Right. From this to this, right? Yeah. And I and of course that's how I ended up getting calls from England. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, it's a ton of fun for for anybody who who uh, is not read Heather's books. I think this is a perfect point to to wrap the conversation and say your your first book Lockhart Sound is available right now. I bought mine off of Amazon because a verified purchase off of Amazon does wonders for an author for the algorithm for their findability and 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 leave a review. Uh, I don't know how to say this so that if you're listening and you're going to buy Heather's book that you know all you have to do with a review is be like this book was a lot of fun. You don't have to go into detail. You don't have to be eloquent. Just the fact that you left the review does so much for an author in in terms of findability that it, it, it's it's like just do it just do it what else do you want to say um you have a website let let the, everybody know how to find your website how to find you on twitter all the good stuff you know the drill well the the uh, website is www.booksbyheather and i'm looking right now at my twitter page because i can never remember what my handle is <laughs> But I am at Real Heather Ob on Twitter, and of course you can find me on Facebook. You just Heather O'Brien novelist, and I would love to interact with anybody. And if anybody has questions, I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but I do tend to get people asking what the hell or what about this or whatever. And to the extent I can answer that, I will. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, it's great talking with you. Thank you for being a guinea pig to just like give the sales pitch for for ammo. Uh, and uh, of course, you know, we'll be talking constantly. So, um, yes. all right. All right. Thank you so much, Jody. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening?